Hey, good evening, everyone. It's Dashian Miller, and we are here with episode 91 of our Kuden Radio podcast, whatever you want to call it, right? It's all good. Uh, I've got somebody lurking in the background. I've got uh, James helping me out. James, I can see your, uh, uh, your camera and stuff kind of muted out. If you can hear me, uh, give me a thumbs up so that I know that you're hearing me okay on that side. Excellent. Fantastic. We're all good. Uh, we're trying to work out things so that I have a helper in the background uh, to help me out with a bunch of this stuff. So anyway, um, uh, topic for this episode, uh, I mentioned at the end of last episode. So uh, this one, uh, we're going to be take, diving into taking a look at the idea of a warrior being a person, right? A man or a woman of action. And uh, I don't mean like the action movies kind of thing, right? Um, but we're going to take a look at that and, um, uh, you know, what it, what it means and, and, and what it means for us as we're doing things, right? And then as a part of that, uh, I'm going to dive into uh, something that I got from one of my mentors a uh, long, long time ago. We're going to take a, take a look at four levels of action, right? This is also something that comes from our, uh, our Mikio training and whatnot, right? For those of you who are like hardcore ready to go. All right. So that being said, uh, we'll get started in just a minute. So the big question is this, how are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Still my story, still sticking to it. Anyway, uh, welcome everyone. This is uh, where are we? This is January seventeenth, twenty twenty-two. For those of you keeping track um, of, of everything, and uh, I, again, I want to thank everybody for following us along uh, with this journey. I know I'm not like uh, everybody's favorite cup of tea or everybody's style or anything like that, because uh, I tend to lean toward uh, you know the education kind of things and uh, you know focusing on on what matters individually for our training and our progress. Okay. I'm not going to be some jumping, you know, some, I don't know, entertaining monkey or whatever that uh, is going to get involved in controversial crap or uh, who said, she said, whatever. You know what, if you're, if you're doing that kind of stuff, guess what? You're not training. Right. So uh, that being said, there's something weird going on with my camera. I'm not sure what it is. James, do you see that? Keeps drifting out in and out. There's like a blue thing that or blue tint or whatever. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my eyeballs. Anyway, uh, so I, I have a new tech, right? I have a new uh, new laptop, so everything should be working well. Uh, so hopefully we've lost the, the tin uh, uh, weird noise we were having. Uh, I, I don't even have the, the extra mic set up at this point because uh, I wanted to test uh, this out, right? Uh, picture looks pretty clear. So it uh, looks like Julia's on. She's already liked it and shared, and uh, that's awesome. Okay, so anyway, um, so I've, I've covered this with my inner circle uh, students a lot, right? This idea of warrior and warriorship and this idea of a warrior being a person of action. Right. And in all honesty, I have to, I have to actually be very, very honest with everyone. I'm going to get myself comfortable here. Uh, so I'd be very, very honest. I do not remember, <laughs> uh, within an episode or three, 
what I've covered between the podcast, right, and what I'm covering with my inner circle folks that have uh, group coaching calls, uh, either Tuesday evenings or Friday mornings or both, depending on uh, what program they're in. So this is like a third, uh, a third session. I mean, this is this is you know how I help folks for. Well, free for you, not so free for me because I pay for all this stuff that uh, that we're using, the different services and whatnot. But either way, um, so I got three of these classes a week, and then we've got what two Shinobi Kai classes, uh, and uh, let's see, I teach Monday and Friday. So, so um, th- there's a bunch of classes that I teach uh, every given week. So uh, anyway, so you have to pardon me if if I mention something that maybe you don't remember me covering, or you hear me say it again. Uh, because one, uh, you know, I'm, I'm covering, uh, I'm covering things across a board for, for different folks. But at the same time, if you hear me repeat something, just go with it and just make the assumption that I think it's that important. It needs to be said again. Okay. Uh, it could be early onset Alzheimer's, but I don't think so. All right. So, um, but anyway, we'll run with that. All right. So, uh, one of the first lessons that I got way, way back in the day, and, um, you know, I was, in, I was in the military and I was a military police officer and undercover investigator and all that. So it, it wasn't like my teacher was presenting it, uh, to fix lazy or anything like that. Right. Um, but it was one of these things where one of my issues way back in the day was I tended to overthink things. Okay. Not that I don't think a lot these days, but what I mean is I had this bad case of paralysis through analysis. You know what that means, right? It's the opposite of, of folks that are just running around doing a lot, okay? Um, but nothing is ever getting done. It's like the hamster on the wheel, running their little asses off, but they're not going anywhere, okay? Um, and so there's a lot of this uh, kind of stuff, right, going on, but... I was always looking for things to be perfect before uh, they happened, or um, I would overthink things to the point where, like, situations and and um, and uh, problems would get even bigger, right? Because by the time I acted on them, um, it was too late. And so one of the, one of the things that I had to learn was that uh, warriors, ninja, right, are men and women of action. Right? What that means is, you know, we can, we can visualize things, right? We can have this grand vision. We can have these ideals. Uh, we can plan, right? A lot. But it's not until we execute on those plans that anything happens, right? Otherwise, it just stays in our head, right? So, um, we'll talk about that in just a minute, uh, and how that relates to, uh, a lot of the, the, uh, ninja philosophy and whatnot that's embedded in our Mikyo. Uh, mind science study. But the idea here is this, this, uh, person of action, right? Um, you know, we need to execute, right? Um, without just running around and doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff, because a lot of folks, um, you know, they collect techniques, right? They, they jump around from teacher to teacher to teacher, or they jump around from video to video on Vimeo, on YouTube, on Facebook, or whatever. They collect all this stuff and Yes, they're practicing and yes, they're doing things, but there's no structure to it, right? There's no, there, there's no, uh, there's no interconnectedness, um, unless it's accidental, right? So 
I mean, any practice is better than no practice at all. But in our in our lineages, right? There are these there are these models and formulas. Yes, they're old and and whatnot. And, and modern science kind of points out that some of these things, right, should probably be done a different way because they they've been able to study them. Uh, kind of like stretching, right? Stretching before class, uh, not a good idea, right? Stretching, they now uh, uh, realize that stretching should be done after your physical workout as a recovery thing. Um, the warm up before your your training should be something like walking or uh, light calisthenics or something like that, which actually serves to, to loosen up the muscles so that you're not injured. Um, but stretching, too much stretching or overstretching or anything like that before the workout actually weakens the connections where the muscles are, are connected to either other muscles or uh, ligaments, bone, that kind of thing, right? And you're, you actually have a greater chance. But, you know, they didn't know this stuff um, how many hundred year, of years ago, right? So, but, you know, uh, is, any training is better than, than none. But structure, right, and that's one of the things that a teacher can give you uh, and or at least a plan or a blueprint, right, um, that, can, that, that can give you so that you're moving systematically, right, um, step by step in the direction so that you're, you don't have, you don't end up having holes in things, you're, you're not missing anything, uh, you're not trying to work on something uh, that's uber complex, the, you know, maybe the physical moves look simple, right? It looks like it belongs right in there with everything else, but, you know, we're, 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 we can do the physical stuff, but we don't understand what comes after it. Um, I think it was this week, uh, and, and, uh, James, you can give me a nod or, or whatever. Um, was it this week that I was covering with, uh, inner circle guys about, um, the, uh, the, it was the fluttering leaf, uh, principle with, um, uh, using different points in a technique as a smokescreen or as something to draw the attacker's mind so that that would cover our next move. Was that, was that in that? Um, or was that, that was a Shinobi Kai class, I think, maybe, right? He might send me a message here. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think so. So, um, you know, if we're only going by physical moves, right? I've always said uh, that that any monkey can do the moves. Well, maybe not, right? It takes some coordination and all that. But uh, what what what's the technique conveying, right? Um, yes, you have to learn the technique. Yes, you have to learn the move. What's he say? Uh, that was last Friday's Inner Circle on Shinobi Kai. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. All right, so um, uh, you have to learn those so that now we're all on the same sheet of music so we can go through and pull out the actual lessons that are in the uh in the technique right uh, but how many people are practicing enough that they can remember what's going on or that they're you know they're they they have enough prerequisite uh, uh training and, and knowledge in place so that when we take a look at the advanced thing uh, it's actually something that they can use and apply and not just this interesting little thing that they're going to, they're going to get theoretically, but they, they can't get the rest of it, right? Their timing is off, their flow is off, all, all these things, right? There's all this, all this prerequisite stuff, right? Um, a bunch of years ago, um, 
I think it was for one of my seminars. But either way, I, I developed this uh, worksheet that uh, I call it the zero point. Um, I, I've got the zero point method or zero point uh, reference. It's a worksheet. And what it has is it has a whole bunch of lines on it, right? Kind of like lined uh, notebook paper, but not, right? And it's just these, there are these lines. I think there are, what, a, uh, 21 lines, okay? So 21 horizontal lines, right, that run from top to bottom down on the page. But line number 11, right, if you count down from the top, right, so number 11, that's actually zero, right? So that's a midpoint, and then there's 10 lines above it and 10 lines below it. So all the lines above it, right, we're calling them plus, right? So, and we really only mark, like, plus 5 and plus 10, just as reference points. And then below that zero, we have a minus 5 and a minus 10, 5 lines under and 10 lines under. So the zero point reference is in, uh, is pointing to any given technique, right? Any given model, any given kata, right? I don't care if it's a bow kata. I don't care if it's unarmed. I don't, I don't care what it is, right? I don't care if it's sanshin, kionapo. I don't care, right? It's a given technique, right? So all the lines below it represent the kihon no kihon, the fundamentals of the fundamental, right? All these basic pieces that we have to be good at to be able to reproduce the kata as it's supposed to be done, okay? Now, are there 10 things in each one? Depends on the technique, right? There could be more than 10, there could be 10, there could be less than 10, it doesn't matter. That's not the point. What the, the point is, is that there are there are things, there are things about the kamai, there's angling, there's, there's uh, timing, there's all this stuff, right? That allows for us to perform the kata correctly, right? Okay, well, that's minus 10 to, why the hell is that zero, right? Why isn't that, I can perform the kata, so I got it. Well, because all the stuff above the zero point, all the pluses to plus five to plus 10 and all that is to get the technique ready for, to get it street ready, okay? So now that we have the kata and we can learn from it and pull things out, right? All these things that were embedded by, these ancient masters, right? So that we can actually apply what the technique is teaching without being stuck on a, on a, on a step one, step two kata, right? To be able to use that idea that's encapsulated by that name, right? Seon, Shiaku, whatever, right? Uh, what was the one we did this past week? Kasumidori, right? It's a uh, Takagi Yoshin technique, right? Um, so to be able to use that there's things that we have to get, right? Being able to do uh, do this technique in different uh, environments, on different uh, uh, surfaces, right? Uh, in different types of clothing, uh, whatever, right? There's all kinds of extra things that take the technique from being, look, here's the kata, look at me, aren't I cool, right? All the way up to being able to, uh, to use it on the street, right? So... Anyway, um, so action on one side is doing what's necessary, right, to get to that point. Another one is, another way we could look at action is um, warriors are men and women of their word. If we say we're going to do something, we do that thing, right? We don't just stand around and talk, right? Uh, we're not uh, what, I, what I affectionately or not affectionately call uh, mouths with legs, right? We're not that. Right. Um, and we also uh, 
we're always we're always moving toward you know creating success and and those kind of things right and results you're not going to find uh, a lazy warrior right um, and even if they seem to be that way when nothing is going on as soon as something is going on right they're Johnny or Jane on the spot right they're ready to go okay so anyway um, so this idea right uh, warriors of uh, you know, are people of action. They're people who make decisions. And it's not just about making a decision. It's we make a decision and we go. We act on that decision, whether it's an actual yes or no decision or it's a plan or whatever it is, right? Um, we don't just kind of hang out and, and wait for things. Uh, we make things happen. We don't wait for things to happen to us, okay? That kind of thing. Um, just saw a, a posting on my LinkedIn account today because uh, I had that for my, my corporate consultancy things. And um, I decided at the last moment to not <laughs> do this thing because I was in the middle of something else. I had to check. Somebody sent me uh, a couple of messages uh, about doing something. Uh, there's a consultancy that wants to maybe work with me because and they're tied in with Google. So that's a good thing, right? So anyway, um, uh, this thing said... Um, Something about there's nothing wrong with waiting, embrace the wait, uh, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with waiting for the right time or the right moment or whatever. And um, part of my brain was screaming bullshit, right? Um, so I'm waiting for what, right? I apologize. There's this all this background noise again. So anyway, um, waiting for what, right? If you don't even know what it is that you're waiting for, Right. I mean, there's lots of things that are going to going to happen to me within the next you know, couple of minutes, couple of hours, days, weeks, months, whatever this year. Right. That I don't know anything about. Right. Karma is going to bring things together and it's going to happen. And some of these things are going to be opportunities. Some of these things are going to be challenges or whatever. But what the hell am I waiting for? Right. While I'm busy waiting for this magical opportunity. Guess what? I'm probably not doing shit not doing anything else, right? So where's my plan? Where's my, uh, where's my desire in action? Where's my commitment? Those kind of things, right? So uh, this thing almost implied that, you know, if nothing's happened to you yet, it's okay. Embrace the wait. Good things are coming. Yeah, maybe not, okay? Um, have you ever seen somebody uh, have an accident, right? And I hate the word accident, right? Uh, like, you know, what mom and dad told us when we were little babies, right? Don't worry, accidents happen. Bullshit. Accidents are caused, right? I don't know what else, what other word we use, but accidents are caused, right? They're either caused by me because I was a dumb shit and I'm around something dangerous and I'm not paying attention and I walk right into it, right? Or it's caused by somebody else, somebody that's that's doing things, right? And they're not paying attention and they end up damaging somebody or whatever. Oh, it was an accident. They didn't mean it. Okay, so they didn't mean for that to happen, but what were they doing to prevent that from happening? Because that's an action too, okay? So, um, you know, I, I love it when people throw those kind of things out. Like, they'll do something. Uh, I have a friend in my life who is constantly, like, buying something or, you know, they find something interesting. So they go, here, I thought you might like this. What, what told you that I might like it? Well, I, th I thought it was interesting. Okay. 
So how, what might have given you a better idea about whether or not I found it interesting or um, had time to actually do something with this, play with it, eat it, whatever, right? Um, what could you have done? Well, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know. Well, what could you have done to know? Right? The answer is I could have asked a damn question, right? Text, verbally, phone call, whatever. Um, but see, that that's ego trying to avoid all that, right? Because we don't want to have to say it. Right? But either way, right? There's this action, right? We take action. Make decisions, take action, okay? So, but what kind of action, right? Um, so, again, this is something I got from a, from a mentor in a very different realm, right? But it's it still fits, okay? Um, as a matter of fact, before this episode is over, I'm going to tell you, or I'm going to give you a, a very short list of three books that I believe are the perfect ninja manuals, for today's world for really maximizing our physical training and physical skills, mental understanding, especially in, in one particular area, right, of, of, uh, of uh, action and success and all that. And it's actually one of the, one of the, um, uh, one of the eight gates, right, in the Nijinal Kilmon or Nijinal Hachimon. Um, and then another one, is a good replacement for uh, the Nijinal Kyomon, which is the eighth gate about knowledge and all that. Uh, Seishin Teki, personal clarity. But it's more about the success training, right? That kind of thing. And so uh, the only thing I'm going to tell you is that none of them have the word ninja or warrior in the title, okay? Uh, and if you're not surprised, then maybe I should turn the podcast over to you. All right, so anyway... Um, but I, I got this this list, right, uh, from a teacher, mentor, guide, whatever, right, uh, about four different types of action. Two types of action produce failure, okay? They produce discontent. They produce frustration, that kind of stuff, right? Two of them either maintain or create comfort, reasonable success, that kind of thing, right? But only one of those two uh, actually creates massive success, right? The other one is, well, we'll see, right? Uh, the, the, the third one is kind of, it's always one step from becoming one of the lower two, right? So what I thought during this episode was I would go through these and uh, kind of lay them out and, and kind of look at them from a couple of different uh, perspectives, both in our training but also some some life examples as well, right? Because this this is ninjutsu, right? This is not just budo taijutsu. This is not karate do. This is not whatever. Where life skills are these side effects, right? Um, the the physical skills are there to protect the philosophy, okay? So anyway, all right. So four levels of action or four types of action, however you want to, you want to uh, describe those, right? So the first one is no action. Okay. And we can look at this from two perspectives. One's positive and one is almost makes this an illusion, right? So I'll start there. Okay. Um, but there are some things I want to discuss from this no action standpoint. Um, but 
the reality is that um, none of us can possibly take no action. Okay? That, that involves no seeing, no breathing, no eating, no walking, no standing, no sitting, whatever, right? The only human beings that can do nothing are dead, okay? So we'll get that one out of the way, right? Not no action, not the, not the, the level or not the type, just that, that reality, right? That um, I introduce uh, students to this idea, their very first class, right? Uh, we actually, it's, it's when I'm assessing their level of focus or their ability to concentrate. So uh, what I'm having them do is just kind of stand, but before I do it, right? Um, especially with the kids, right? I'll say, have you ever been at home or for you guys, because you're all grownups, right? Um, masters of your lives, right? So you're either at home or you're with family or you're on the job or whatever, right? And someone wants you to do something and you either say or think these words or words that are similar. Oh man, I don't want to do nothing. Okay. Um, if you have, then I don't know what I, what I do is I have this little drill where I just have them stand still. Uh, they're allowed to blink and they're allowed to breathe, but they have to just focus on holding that position. Right. And I check the clock and all that. And then afterwards we do it again, but only after I ask them what was missing. They don't know because I walked away from them. I didn't stand in front of them the whole time. I walked behind them so I could, I could look up uh, the clock up that's on the wall. And um, the answer is there were no distractions, right? Anyone can focus or concentrate when there are no distractions, okay? This really points to the people who get pissed off when they're trying to sit and meditate, right? And there's kids yelling outside or a truck goes by or a bird smashes into the wind, whatever, right? There's something going on and then you get all freaking huffy, like, I need someplace quiet, right? Um, but meditation is practicing to hold your mind where you need it to be held, regardless of what shit's going on, okay? The ability to focus in amidst the chaos or the storm or whatever, right? So um, I've always thought it was funny that people needed a perfectly quiet place when the idea, especially with like Zen type meditation, the idea is not to just freaking breathe and watch your breathing or to count your breathing or whatever the hell the exercise is, right? It's not like your senses get turned off, right? I mean, if you need to meditate that way, then you need to find some place where they have a sensory deprivation chamber, right? Um, or they can just, I don't know, slip you a couple of Benadryls and let you take a little long nap, right? So, but the idea is when I'm, when I'm sitting in meditation, 25% of my attention is on my posture, right? 25% of my, of my, uh, awareness or my attention is on the exercise. So if I'm just watching a single point, right, it could be where my thumbs are touching together, like if I'm sitting this way, right? That, that's to create a single point of reference, right? Um, it could be the, the point um, just inside or outside my nostrils where I can feel the air moving when I'm breathing in or the out. They, I mean, these are all little things that, that um, I learned uh, along the way uh, as I was being initiated into the Tendai Shu uh, of Japanese uh, Tendai uh, or uh, esoteric Buddhism. But anyway, um, so there's all these things, right? But 25% of my attention on my, on my body, 25% of my attention on the the exercise, right? Staring at the candle flame, whatever the hell it is, right? 25% of my attention is on 
is open, right, for insights to occur or for something to happen, right? I'm not, I don't want something to happen. I'm not waiting for something to happen. I'm watching to see what is happening, right? So if I'm watching a candle flame, I'm not trying to get it to move. I'm not trying to, I'm not remembering what it did a minute ago and hoping it does it again. I'm not all fascinated by, oh, look, it's blue. I'm not thinking in words, right? I'm just watching the flame be a damn flame, right? If I'm talking to myself, I'm not in meditation, no matter what I want to believe, right? But 25% of my attention is also on my surroundings because I don't need to get run over or have a house collapse on me or whatever, right? This is from the old days, right? I mean, sit in meditation out in a freaking desert or, or jungle or whatever, and some carnivorous thing comes along and eats you because you're completely freaking oblivious to what's going on around you, right? Okay, so what does that mean? Well, the very fact that 25% of my awareness is on my surroundings, I'm going to hear the bird chirping outside the window. I'm going to hear the truck go by. I'm going to hear... I'm, I'm going to feel an itch form on my, on my skin. I'm going to feel my clothes rub, whatever, right? I'm going to hear my kid yell, right, for his sister, and his sister yell back, Dad's meditating, shut up, or whatever, right? So, um, but just because I can hear them, right, my ears didn't get turned off. Just because I can hear them doesn't mean I need to follow them. Truck goes by. On one hand, I might go, hmm. That sounded like an 18-wheeler. I wonder if that was a Peterbilt or a, or a, a you know, whatever, right? Okay. Um, or, you know, there's a bird chirping outside or, you know, whatever, right? So, I, oh, I wonder if that's a, that sounds like a robin or it sounds like a blue jay or a, whatever, right? Um, or on the other side, it could be, fuck, I had it. And now that damn truck went by, it screwed me up, right? Or whatever, right? No, right? You're able to hear. You're able to, to see if little light streaks form on your eyelids and or whatever, right? But you don't have to follow them. You don't have to chase them, okay? That's that's chaotic action. That's mental action, but it's it's not that kind of thing, right? It's focused action. This is the trick, right? Focused action. But this takes some work. Right? This takes work. And some people don't want to do work. Okay? If, if they could find a guru with a magic wand or that somebody could snap their fingers and they could, you know, they could have whatever black belt level they deserve or they desired, not deserve, desired, right? Or uh, the joke in my dojo is that if I could figure out how to put a, put a drive up window system, oh man, I, I would have so much money. Can you imagine how many people can't get off their ass to go to work, but they'll get off their ass to go to the drive-through window um, for burgers and fries or whatever, right? So I, I imagine this, right? So I set up a window, right, where they pull up and they order Technique 26, right? Who knows what it is, right? Technique 26, right? They pay for it, and then they pull up the window number two. Now, because this is a martial art, window number two has to be more like sliding glass doors, okay? Because I might have to teach them a kick, right? So they pull up, right, and maybe it is a kick this time, right? So I kick them in the face with a stomp kick, right, and then I hand them the video for the technique, and I say, see you next class. They didn't have to get out of their car. They didn't have to get up. They, Whatever, right? So 
Um, and here's how lazy I know people to be. And these are people that say they want to learn this stuff. Okay. COVID was an amazing opportunity for people to prove that they were as committed as they say they are. Right. I'm not saying that it was a great opportunity because a lot of people died or got sick or whatever. We'll take this the wrong way. Okay. But big things like this, right? Big problems, big whatever that, that literally changed the, changed the world overnight, right? They're, a, they're an awesome reveal about what people are all about. Okay. I lost 75% of my active student base at the dojo. And we went virtual. Not after. We went virtual. As soon as the doors of the dojo closed and we were closed for eight months, we went virtual, right? Had classes every day, right? I mean, we went virtual, right? People wouldn't even turn on their laptop or TV or whatever. They didn't even have to freaking leave their house. Wow. Right? Now think about how many people uh, have come to me for uh, online training or that intend to go to seminars or whatever, right? Okay? And just flat out take no action. Okay? Actually, they don't. Okay? Because even this requires a lot of energy. It, it requires a lot of energy to not take action. Okay? Can you imagine the amount of energy ex expended, right, on coming up with excuses, on telling stories, in avoiding the teacher or the fellow students or the people that you told you were going to do this cool thing or what? The amount of energy that gets expended to do nothing. Right? I learned this in the military. Um, I remember going from uh, I was stationed in South Korea as my first duty station and ended up at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I met this guy, right? Uh, we were both new to the unit at the same time, right? And he was trying to teach me <laughs> how to get out of work, right? I remember one of the lessons, right? You carry a clipboard and you just walk around. Nobody will say anything to you um, because they'll think that you're going somewhere. Really? Holy shit. Then, I mean, to me, the, the clock just slows down doing shit like that, right? Um, fully, full engagement. I mean, this is part of meditation. Full engagement, long periods of time seem very, very short, right? No engagement, lack of engagement, lazy, boredom, whatever. Small pockets of time seem like they're forever. You know, like when you're at work and you're staring at the clock and it's only 15 minutes till quitting time. And it just seems like it's just slowed, you know, you get it, right? Slowed down, right? So um, it's just the way our brains work, right? But that's, that's a lot of freaking energy spent doing nothing. Everybody assumes the lazy people, they just don't get up. They just, you know, imagine all the energy spent giving themselves all these reasons why, right? Waking up, breaking their sleep pattern so they can hit the freaking snooze button 47 times, whatever, right? Um, having to rush at the last minute because they chose to not do anything for this long and all of a sudden, right? Then they're going to come all the, all the energy, uh, of coming up with the story that they're going to tell their boss or their family member or whatever as to why they're late and who they can blame on the way. And wow, seriously. But anyway, right? So there's this idea of no action, right? So, uh, 
there's a want, right? Maybe there's a little bit of action, right? They're, they're watching things like this or listening to, uh, to the podcast or they're surfing YouTube videos or whatever, right? And there's a lot of energy expended in intention and daydreaming and plans and fantasizing and all that. But when it comes time to actually do something, okay? I'm talking about training at the moment, right? But it could be going to the gym. It could be, uh, it could be, uh, putting 10% of my income away, uh, for savings, right? So that that builds so that when retirement rolls around, I've got, uh, all this extra money. It could, whatever, right? When it, when it moment comes to do that thing, nothing happens, right? And sometimes it's not even that they choose to do nothing because that's actually the next level. They don't, they don't even think about it. It wasn't even important enough to commit to memory or put down on a schedule or anything, right? To, to do it. Okay. To do it. Right. So, uh, anyway, is what it is, I guess. Right. So, uh, I see, I, and I, I know it happened like 20 minutes ago, but I uh, wanted to say hi to, uh, Jimmy. I saw, I did see he signed on. So anyway, all right. So, um, that's no action, right? Second level or second type of action is retreating, right? Retreating action. So what this is, is every time we get close to doing something or maybe we, we did, right? We, we set the, we set a deadline for ourselves. We set, um, you know, we're committed to it. You know, we created some new year's resolutions, all that kind of stuff. And now it's time for the rubber to, to meet the road and we back off, right? We might back off because, well, we don't really have everything in place or, ooh, what if things fail or um, what if I'm not smart enough or what if somebody gets angry because or whatever, right? Um, I, get, I get crap like this all the time. I get emails on a regular basis from people who want to train. So they're telling me that they want to train and they either tell me the whole story and and then they say, yeah, but the problem is, or every other sentence. So one sentence is, I've always wanted to do this, but the problem is, and so, but I'd be really committed to this if you accept me as a student, but the problem is, right? So the, the, they keep like hedging forward, but they keep falling back. They keep retreating back to their excuses. Okay. And I know they call them reasons, but they're not right. A, a reason is, you know, something like, um, uh, uh, well, I'm going to use this, right? So this is, uh, I brought this back from a trip uh, to Kentucky when I visited my, uh, uh, my son and we drove up to Nashville, but anyway, right. Um, I want to drink, but, um, my glass is empty, right? So the reason I can't have a drink at the moment is because my glass is empty, right? Okay, great. That's a reason that I can't have a drink right now. Does that mean I can't have a drink? No, of course not. I could say, excuse me, I'll be right back. Uh, my home office here, I've got a refrigerator right over there in the corner and I could get it or I could have already planned ahead and had my backup. So that when one ran out, um, the other one's there, right? But often, the retreating action taker 
plans to have a fallback. Okay? To have a fallback. And we'll talk about uh, somebody else later where um, warriors, actual massive action type warriors, um, we burn our bridges. Okay? So failure is not an option. You're either going to succeed or you're going to die. Okay? So, and what if that were the case? Well, there's this other bridge in there that, you know, as long as we're comfortable, everything's good, right? But anyway, again, there's this retreating, right? There's the, yeah, but see, if I put this money away, right? I know it's 10% of my, my paycheck, right? I mean, I'm, but I'm only making like 200 bucks a week and 10% is 20 bucks. And, but what if I need that for something else? Like what? Right? I mean, if you need it for rent and survivability and stuff like that, then something else needs to change, right? Something about me needs to change, like either my belief system or my education level or whatever that would allow me to qualify for a different type of job. Okay. It's amazing to me how many people stick to low income jobs when there's other ones out there that require no more and sometimes less education than the one that they think that they deserve, right? Because, well, I, I do pay attention in school, so I got this. And yes, I am punching people in the face. I mean, if, if the, what, what my mom used to say, if the truth hurts, you know, it is what it is, right? But uh, my sister-in-law, right? Really, really smart girl, right? But she stands for 12 to 14 hours a day holding one of those poles with the slow or stop on either side in construction zones, right? In rain and all that kind of stuff, right? She has to literally do nothing but stand in place and rotate a sign and gets a lot of money, right? I mean, just, it's ungodly the amount of money that she gets, right? But, you know... Who wants to stand in one place and do nothing for 12 or 14 hours? What else are you going to do? Well, I'd rather stand and hope I can get away with doing little to nothing uh, at a convenience store or a, a, a gas station or whatever, uh, making minimum wage or somewhere between that and 10 bucks an hour. Um, you know, I don't want to have to, like, you know, stand in the rain or really? Not even for 35 bucks an hour. Not even for, not even for, okay. I can't help you, right? So, um, but anyway, right? There's just always this retreating back to, right? And sometimes there's a retreating back to fear. Sometimes there's a retreating back to the same old excuses or retreating back to a belief system that somebody else gave you because when you were little, right? They told you not to rock the boat, not to not to stand out too much. Not well, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? I mean, if you don't stand out, if you don't present yourself, I mean, having a skill set's one thing, right? Being on the job, and, and then there's this other thing, right? Starting from the bottom up. Everybody's thought you know, he worked his way up from the bottom. Well, great, okay, but he could have saved himself ten years of working his way up to this position if he did some background stuff before he went in for the interview and not just presented himself in a way where he hoped that they would pick him out of 300 people to get the job, right? But he went in because he did research on the competitors, 
what other companies are doing or what he brought from other places where he worked and whatnot. Uh, he did a couple of searches online or whatever to figure out what this company is like involved in, right? And he went in with some suggestions. I know a guy that did that and started, he was fresh out of college, right? Presented everything and went in and got hired on the first job and started out in um, junior management or as a junior executive, right? Saved 10 years of moving up, right? The problem with hanging out and starting at the bottom is that that's where everybody starts. Well, not everybody, but you know what I mean? That's where they, they all believe that they're starting, right? People often accept those jobs and you're surrounded by a lot of people that don't have a really great work ethic and that can bleed over, right? You end up um, not standing out very well, right? You have to do a lot, right, to, to become noticed by the people who can do something about offering you a better position, right? There's all kinds of things that go on. Um, and anyway, it's just, it's just a weird thing, right? But people retreat back on their beliefs about themselves or whatever, right? And, and we'll justify it any, anyway, right? We'll, we'll justify it away that it's really, uh, you know, it's the man out to repress me. It's the color of my skin. It's the, you know, I'm bald and they don't like bald people. It's whatever, right? Um, because we need to feel comfortable, right? We need to feel okay making the decisions we make. Right. But it's still retreating. Okay. Instead of advancing, we're pulling back. Okay. So this and no action and pretty soon we're going to pull back and pull back and pull back until we just go, you know what, where do I fill out a form and just the government could just send me a check. That, that'd be cool. Right. And then I don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. Right. And I'm successfully fill in the blank. Right. Anyway, all right, so the third type or the third level of action is we, we could call it normal action. I'm going to call it average. Okay. And I want you to think about this. Even if you're a member of a dojo, even if you come to these trainings that I'm in, even if you're in my platinum inner circle group, right? Even if you're in my Shinobi Kai program, it's our elite program in these different realms, right? Even if you're in that and you're doing the work and it's the same work that everybody else is doing and everybody's moving along at an even pace, right? You're still average in that group. You're average. Okay. So now what, why average? Well, because it's comfortable, right? People won't people typically, right? We're talking 95 to 98% of the population will not do more then they have to because they hit a point where they're comfortable. And I do know this. A couple of episodes back, I talked about how comfort was the poison to success. Okay? They, they just, right? Goals, uh, did I talk about this last time? I don't know. Goals uh, and, and whatnot end up, um, they're, they're, they're niceties, right? Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, man, I'd love to do that, right? Um, uh, you know, I, I'd give anything to do that and, and, and whatever. But, but you haven't. Why haven't you? Well, you know, I, I've got time. I mean, now's not the best time. And 
what, do you need to have somebody stabbing you in the throat for it to be the best time for you to learn how to not die? Do you have to be, like, falling on your face at a time when, you know, the social safety net falls apart and there is nobody uh, to write you a free check that you got to pick up a tin cup and walk and literally knock on everybody's door asking for whatever you need. Right? Do you have to wait for that? To, seriously? I, I, I get it, but I do get it, right? Because I've already, I've already accepted the reality that my job, as much as I want to talk to other, to all 800 billion people or 8 billion or whatever the hell it is on the planet, right? I'm never going to be able to do that, right? Um, I'll be lucky if I can get the attention of 8 million, whatever, right? Um, just so I can get to that, that 20% that's willing to listen and the two to five percenters who are willing to take action, right? That's why I'm here to help, okay? So uh, why do I do these things? Well, because it gets me out in front of other people that might be in that two to five percent group, right? If I help other people, great, okay? But um, I really can't help anybody more than they're helping themselves. Because from their perspective, I'm going to be a necessary piece to the plan to accomplish what they're after, right? I can't make somebody do it. And besides that, why would I want to? It's a waste of my time when I could be working on my own stuff or working with other students. I'm not here to make anybody do anything. It's like when people send me an email um, and, and they're, they're hoping that I can motivate them. What the hell is that? You need somebody else to motivate you? How about if you just freaking do it because it's important to get done regardless of whether you're motivated or not? There's a thought, right? Dying thoughts while I'm looking into the anguished eyes of my daughter. Dad, why didn't you train more? Well, just didn't feel it. It wasn't motivated. Sorry, baby. Okay, seriously? What the hell is that? Right? The dishes are in my freaking sink. And the dishwasher needs to be loaded and whatever, right? Stepson didn't do his freaking chore again, right? That's okay. He moves out in six months. Um, but I'm right here. Okay? Am I motivated to, lo to load the di – no. Dirty dishes need to go in there so we have clean dishes to use. I don't see what the issue is. Okay? There's, no, there's no motivation. There's no – I didn't feel like it. Well, I felt like loading the dishwasher. Okay, really? Seriously? Okay. I have yet to meet anybody that's like anybody in these TV shows where they're whistling while they work um, to, to do things like that. Maybe I'm just missing them, but they don't, they don't hang out in my world. But anyway, right, so here's this average thing, right? So I was just talking to a student, a brand-new student tonight uh, in class. His name is Stan. And if Stan's listening, Stan, way to go. Right? Stan is... He's, um, and these are not reasons, they're not excuses, they're not anything. And anybody that uses this, well, you know, Stan's got this stuff going for him, and that's, that's why he's doing these things, and I can't because I don't. That's just bullshit on top of bullshit, right? But Stan's former Navy, uh, and he works for, uh, like, a local government thing uh, going after people that abuse children and women and all that kind of stuff, right? So anyway, uh, uh, 
uh, he used to do martial arts a long, long time ago, and he just got started. I mean, tonight was probably Stan's fourth class since he started, right? And Stan signed up into a six-week introductory program that we have, right? 30-minute classes twice a week, six weeks. So he's getting 12 classes, that kind of thing, right? Class number two, he came and said, this isn't going to cut it. I want to go for my black belt. What you got, right? So upgraded right to not the biggest program we have, but almost. But in no time at all, Stan, uh, uh, Stan will be in Shinobi Kai, I have no doubt, right? But anyway, he comes in tonight, and he's really, you know, he's trying to ask this question. He says, I don't mean to sound like a jerk, right? So now I'm not sure what's coming, right? But anyway, he said, do I have to wait two months to test for each belt? Because we have a two-month testing rotation kind of thing, right? It's just the way the, the system is built so that people see regular ongoing progress. And I said, no, what? No, no, no. See, the, the system is set up for the average student who comes to class twice a week, does little to no practice at home, confuses class time with practice time, and needs that amount of time, right, to test on schedule and to move ahead so that within two and a half to three years, they'll have at least their first degree black belt. Okay, cool, right? I said, but some people, either through aptitude, attitude, or whatever, coordination, all kinds of things, right? Um, they need more time, and that's okay too, right? So they might test it a three-month three month point or a four-month point. Or some people, I've, I've got some students that are more about the knowledge than anything else. So I, I've got – I have one student in my own online training program has been for 14 years and has never approached me for rank. But the success that he is producing in his life, holy shit, right? That's awesome. But, but anyway, so um, – I said, no, if you're, you're moving along, we see you, you know, regularly in class. And if we think you're ready, then, or if you say, you know, can I test this time around and we think you're ready for it? Absolutely. Right. So while my standard curriculum for the average student, right, is built for them to get their black belt, their first degree black belt in two and a half to three years on average, right? I have had students that have attained their first degree black belt in a year and a half to two years because they did extra practice, they came to as many classes as they could, that kind of thing, right? I mean, they were just full out committed, right? But the program is designed around what I have found is comfortable for the average student. So there it is, right? So of course not, you don't have to wait for that. So he was like super jazzed at that point. So um, I fully expect that I will see Stan most days during the week and seminars and all kinds of things, right? So um, he's, he's that committed to learning things. Awesome, okay? Um, but the program, as I would suspect, most dojos are set up this way. If not, there's a reason that they have so few students. Okay? In all honesty, I need the average students because there's way more average students then there are uber committed students and the average students keep the dojo open so that everybody, them and the uber um, uh, committed students 
have a great place to train. They don't have to train in my garage, my backyard, whatever. Okay. So don't take that to mean that I'm using them or anything like that. I'm not. I just accept that 95 to 98% of students, people that actually commit to it. And I mean, we haven't even gone through the, the seven or eight types of people um, that, are on this martial arts paradigm kind of thing, right? Uh, that's in my, in my uh, instructor training and, and dojo management uh, program. But um, they, you know, they're going to make it. They're going to accomplish things. They're going to have, you know, a good set of self-defense skills and all that. But the reality is that two classes a week, hour-long classes, the occasional student will come to three. But... There's little to no practice at home. You know, it is what it is, right? So, okay, right? So the program is designed around getting those folks systematically where they need to go. Um, we're very motivational. We're very jazzed about making things happen, all that kind of stuff, right? It's, it's cool. But these folks are not, the, the challenges can't be too big, right? The, the punches can't be too hard, right? I mean, they can be okay, right? But, but there is a there is a line, right? Um, not many people are like me, where I have been knocked out by my teacher multiple times across lots of classes. I paid four thousand four thousand US to get to Japan to get knocked out, or to have a knee almost blown out, or whatever, um, and kept going back for more. Didn't you get hurt? Yeah. Did that upset you? No, it's part of the lesson, right? But again, this is like the goal setting, right? It'd be cool to have this, but as soon as the first challenge pops up in life, family, on the job, hobby, I got a hangnail, I got an ingrown toenail, whatever, um, oh, shit, I'm out, okay? And then that gets to me my crutch. That gets me my, my, my reason why I never accomplished or got to my first three black belt or, or I never bought that car I really wanted or, um, you know, didn't marry that person or whatever, right? Whatever. Okay. I have, well, I'm eating cat food at 65 or 70. Anyway, I know I'm a dick. It's all right. Okay. And if it isn't all right, you know how to hit the, the back button and click out of the show. So anyway, right. So there's average, right? So no action, right? Everything from lazy to, they're just not moving in the direction, right? Um, and actually, no action is also that hamster on the wheel where the person is running around doing a whole bunch of stuff, but there's no focus or direction, right? There's no vision about where they're heading or whatever. But, damn, don't they look good? Man, they're, it's like the person that's always busy working, but they're not accomplishing anything, okay? So that kind of stuff irritates the crap out of me when I'm not getting anything done, right? Okay, but don't I look good? which is why I don't make a good hourly employee, right? Because I can't work with other hourly employees like that, right? We're either moving someplace and getting something done or you're wasting my freaking time. Okay. Anyway, so in all honesty, most people are at level three. Most people are at the average level because average is comfortable, right? This is what everybody else does. Right. This is what this is the kind of car other people have. This kind of house people have. You don't rock the boat, right? You don't you don't make people feel bad because you have something and they don't. Whatever. 
Okay. The fourth type of action is the massive, massive action, massive action. Right. And I mean, like, we're always uncomfortable. Right. We're always uncomfortable. Right. Um, because we're always doing something that's moving us closer to the goal. Right. We're always, um, we're always hungry, right? Uh, on the on the Tibetan Wheel of Life, there are these six realms, and each one, uh, based on perception and and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, keeps and, and karmic, you know, uh, repercussions and all that keep themselves where they are. Uh, but only one of these realms, and it sounds a little off, right? Um, only one of these realms is capable of, of attaining enlightenment. Right uh, on the on the wheel, it's called the human realm. But the human realm is symbolic of the personality that visualizes something and is always looking for best, or they're always looking for better, and they're willing to give up good for great, or good for better, or whatever. Right, and so things are always disappointing because they're not quite on. They'll accept it because it's a it's an expedient stand-in. But there's always that next thing that they're trying to get to, right? And um, uh, they're not they're not stuck, right? They're constantly seeking, they're constantly exploring, they're constantly expanding, and that's the big deal, right? It's a constant path of expansion, but expansion and progress and success and results require energy. They require work. They require non-stop movement. Yes, of course, we sleep. But you get the idea. Julia, I see your question, but I, I don't think this is the... This is the time for that kind of uh, discussion. So anyway, um, so you get the idea, right? And, and besides that, I mean, I, I, I see the, the question, but what does it matter? I mean, if I only had a week to live, I'm not going to sit back and lament the, the last five or seven days or whatever. Uh, I used to have a girlfriend that um, I would be going away to Japan or I'd be going on a business trip or something like that to go, uh, you know, work for some company. And it it wouldn't be for another week and a half, right? It'd be the shittiest week and a half because they were lamenting and missing me for the week and a half that we could have been spending having a great time and doing things and living life and all that kind of stuff before I was gone. But because they were sad that I was leaving, that energy just sucked the life out of everything for a week and a half or four days, or whatever it is, right? So um, I don't have time to think about what could be going wrong, right? I'm a solutions guy. I'm not I'm not a what-if guy. I'm not a, are there problems in the world? Sure, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. But I have plans, right? And those plans get acted on. So anyway, four levels of action, right? No action. So you're either a dead person, which is the only ones who authentically do nothing, right? Or it's just nothing is done, right? 
Um, I did mention earlier on that I was going to talk about this that came from Mikyo, right? Uh, we have this idea of uh, the Sanmitsu, right? Sanmitsu, triple secrets, right? Thought, word, and deed. So uh, thought is not really like your thoughts. It's it's a bad translation, right? It's more like your intent, okay? So, um, but for for this this thing, we'll we'll focus on the thoughts kind of thing, right? So there's there there are a bunch of personalities that run around where they're constantly in dream mode. They're constantly in fantasy mode, right? But without a plan and without the action necessary to to make that happen in the world, it's just that. It's just pie-in-the-sky dreaming, right? There's this thing called word, right? Not word to your mother, but it's word, right? And what this represents is our uh, communication, Right, we we talk, tell other people about our plans. We tell other people about this goal. Right, we remind ourselves. Right, I have this this set. It's actually in my phone right here. Right, I just made for 2022 a whole new set of affirmations. And let me bring this thing up here. Do, 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 do. It's the very first thing on my notes. Right, right there. Very. I don't even know if that popped up for you. If you can even see it. Da, 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 da. I don't know. Um, all I see is glare. So I have a definite chief aim uh, that starts with by the 1st of January, 2023, I will have, right? So there's this whole thing that's this big picture kind of thing. And then I have 15, 15, 15, yes, 15 um, affirmations spoken in the present tense about future things that will happen this year that I want in place, okay? But I speak about them in present tense. And I recite this four times a day before I go to sleep, first thing in the morning, and then mid-morning and mid-afternoon or no later than lunch, and then mid-afternoon or early evening. And I recite it out loud, okay, because I need to hear it. My subconscious needs to hear it because my subconscious hears those things, and they're spoken in the present tense. I'm using the, the ego's uh, uh, gearing to this word I. Right. If we're surrounded by people who complain a lot. Right. What do they say? I'm bored. I'm tired. I suck. I, uh, I'm depressed. What? Guess what? Ego doesn't know the difference between you as I or somebody else saying the word I. So if I'm around a whole bunch of people that are like that for an extended period of time. Right. I have key phrases that I use to neutralize those things so that I'm not getting swallowed up by them, right? But there's this there's this thing with word and planning and, and all that, right? So, um, and word written, you know, plans are written words and, and that kind of thing, even though they could be diagrams or whatever. But that's part of the, the word section as well, right? Some people, they don't have a vision. That all, they, all they come up with is, I want to be a black belt. Uh, I want to be a martial arts teacher. I want to be a master of something. I want to have uh, enough money or I want to have a lot of money or it's just a vague, right? Um, and it always stays out in the future, right? And so it's not a real clear vision. So because they want a lot of money, what they'll do is they'll buy a bunch of books or programs or whatever that are these like make uh, get rich quick kind of things, right? Because it doesn't matter to them how they make it. They just want to have it. And then they're going to fall for every 
program that comes out that is going to sell them this, hey, do this thing and you'll be filthy rich. Except then they get the plan and, ooh, see, then they start to retreat back to things because, like, it's a 17-step plan. Holy shit, 17? But, oh, see, number seven, number nine, and number 14, that, see, that's just not me. I, I can't do it. Well, you know what? I'll work the other ones, and um, I, I'm sure it'll still happen, right? So no big deal, right? Okay. But either way, they jump around. Like, you know, this week it's selling uh, blood diamonds, and next week it's underwater basket weaving, and I'm going to sell those things. And Or the week after that, it's crocodile farming or whatever, right? It's just that there's no set rhyme or reason, right? The, the affirmations that I have in my chief aim is all wrapped around um, making a certain amount uh, affecting the lives of, of certain types of people and whatnot, and what I'm willing to give in exchange for what I'm going to get, right? My knowledge, my time, my services, that kind of thing, right? It's just nothing is for nothing, right? And besides that, they've already proven that the stuff we get for free, we have no, there's no value and we'll end up quitting sooner, right? Or we look down on it, right? So, but anyway, there's that, right? And then there's the people that on the, on the deed side, right? The action side where they're constantly running around, running around doing stuff, right? They're always busy. They're always exhausted because they were busy, right? But there's no vision, right? There's no, there's no goal, right? There's no plan. There's just chaotic action. Okay. Again, they're like the hamster on the wheel. Okay. So the vision with no plan or no goal is just pie in the sky dreaming. The plan or the talking about it with no set direction and no action is just theory, right? It's just idle theory, right? Planning for the sake of planning makes you feel good, right? And action without intent, destination, plan, those kind of things is just chaotic action. It's just wasting of energy, right? I'm sure stuff gets done and things happen just because the person bumps into so much. But it's not, it's not directed. It's only when those three pieces are in place, right? There is a definite chief aim that there's, there's an emotional drive, okay? When I envisioned myself becoming, I didn't even think about black belt levels, right? I wanted to become this master ninja, master warrior kind of thing. At certain times, I actually visualized myself uh, being, you know, passed on, uh, not passed over, but being given soke ship, right? Well, there's only nine lineages in the Bujinkan, so there's only nine people that can get that. But by aiming that high, oh, shit, tripped over myself and fell into a Daishihan, right? Um, which means that I can stand in in the place of the soke's absence. Hmm. Not sure I feel comfortable with that, but we'll run with it anyway, right? So uh, there, there's this, you know, there's this thing. So warriors are people of action, but what are we spending our activity and action on, right? Where are we heading? What kind of action do we use? And in reality, all of us use all four types of action at different times in our lives or in different areas of our lives, right? Um, some of us, you know, uh, I remember times in my life where uh, when I was a police officer and I did undercover work and all that, I did that a lot, right? Um, my family didn't see me a whole lot. 
because I was doing a whole bunch of undercover stuff and, and whatnot. So uh, family didn't get nearly as much action, right? Um, yeah, it was even below. It was average for everybody who had a job like me, right? It wasn't like no action because when I had time off, we did tons of stuff. But that was that was few and far in between because I was also in the military, right? So, uh, you know, and there's always a trade-off. Again, there's nothing for nothing, right? So if I'm doing massive action in one area, then I have to give up something else. And, and that's, a, that's a huge problem for a lot of people, right? They either want everything or they don't want to give up something because it's necessary to put the energy and activity in this other thing. Okay. So anyway. All right. Um, I think that's, I think that's where I'm going to go this time. So, um, let me open things up here a little bit. Right, you're going to see a little face pop up here at the lower right corner. I think that's where it'll pop up. Uh, James, do we have any questions or anything like that pop in? I didn't see my screen pop up here. They can hear you now. No, I don't see anything. Okay. Fair enough. All right, so uh, did you have anything to throw on top of that fire? Because you've been listening to me for a long time. Did I miss anything? <laughs> anything pop out for you that uh, that's an aha thing? Sounds like there's a fight going on in the in, the, in your house. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Proof that we're not using... Uh, um, professional quality studios <laughs> dampen the sound, right? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, no, no, nothing right now. All right, fair enough. Okay, so Julie was pointing out stuff with the COVID shots and the flaming hearts, and athletes are having heart attacks in the playing fields, and yeah, I, I, I understand. Okay. Um, and, and here's something that, that I think everybody needs to really focus on, think about as well, right? Something's going to kill us, okay? In, in, uh, in Buddhism, not just in Mikyo, but in Buddhism in general, especially in the Theravada, right, the Hinayana, um, the, the ones that always look like monks, right? Um, in those monasteries, there are these walking paths or, for walking meditation, right? And in most of them, they all dead end at a small rickety wooden hut. And in that hut is a human skeleton, right? It dead ends right there, okay? Because it's a constant reminder that that's where we're all heading, okay? The question is, what are you doing with your time on the, on the journey, right? So, but here's the thing, right? Um, you know, whether it's science in one direction or science in another direction, the reality is that seven to nine percent of us, different pockets, right? Different seven to nine percent all over the place, right? Is allergic to something. Might happen to be IVP dye that I found out coming out of the military because I had a kidney injury and they pumped that full so they could do this full body scan and almost died on the table. Okay. So the media makes money by pointing out all this stuff, right? And I get it. I get it. Bad things happen. I get it, right? But let's not let, let's not delude ourselves into believing that this is some kind of utopia and it can all be perfect. Sorry, it's just not, right? 
And so I feel bad for those folks that things happen to, but I know lots of athletes that dropped dead of a heart attack or a stroke or whatever and had no other problems, but their system just shut down on them. Okay. So seven to nine percent, believe it or not, but there's seven to nine percent of people, and I don't know the exact number, right, on this planet that are allergic to water. There's nothing you can think of that that there isn't a group of a small percentage, right? So when these these pharmacy pharma, uh, pharmacy these drug companies right run these these advertisements on TV and they rattle off this long list of things that make you go, well, shit, I'd rather die from the thing I have than to take that medicine. Except that they have to list it because there's always going to be somebody that their system is going to rebel against that thing. And by law, they have to list it, right? And during the studies, somebody could have developed something, right? Somebody could have developed leukemia just randomly. It's just their genetics, right? During that study... And the drug companies are bound by law to list that you could get leukemia or leukemia could occur while taking this medication, even though the leukemia might not have had anything to do. It wasn't related to the fact they took the meds at all. So now this is what's really going to throw people off. Okay. I got my vaccine. That doesn't make me pro-vaccine. Just like I have firearms. That doesn't make me pro-gun. Okay. Um, am I pro-life? Yes, I'm pro-life, but that doesn't make me anti-abortion. That's what really throws people because they think they have to pick a side. You know what my side is? Accomplishing my damn goals so that I can benefit myself and lots of other people. There's risk in everything. The people who are risk-averse will do absolutely nothing. The people that are waiting for a best time or a better time will do absolutely nothing, right? The more we fall back on our excuses and our reasons and all that, nothing is getting done. So being a warrior and taking no action just doesn't compute. It doesn't, okay? You know that, that old saying, he's a legend in his own mind, right? A lot of people are warriors in their own mind. Right. So anyway, hey, Jason's on. Hey, Jason, uh, they tried to use mandates, but got shut down by believe in individual. Look, we all believe in what we believe in. OK, so as long as you're standing up for that and you don't fold easily or whatever, you get my respect. I don't care if you believe something exactly opposite that I do. Right. If we can work together to accomplish a, a common goal. Great. The problem is that in the last 10 years, we've all been convinced that if we believe opposite things, that we should shoot each other in the face and call it a day. Well, shit. The reality, if you really do believe your bullshit Asian philosophy, I said bullshit just to throw you off, okay? The yin-yang, the om do all that kind of stuff, right? The reality is that the opposites can't exist without the other one, and they need the other one. For balance. They temper each other. Those of us riding the middle, look at both sides going, you're both right and wrong. You just need to shut up and listen. Okay? It is what it is.
Anyway, and I don't get involved in those kind of conversations. And if I do, it's rare, but it's to accomplish something. Right? The question is, how much time are you spending online scrolling across headlines or actually reading articles or listening to the same news stories from different sources over and over and over again and then saying that you don't have time to do this stuff that you really have always wanted to do, where your passion really lies. I don't know. It's not for me to say. Right? Anyway, I'm here to help those who want to be helped. And as soon as they don't, then you know what? Great. Okay. But if you ask for my help, I will drag your ass forward. That's not motivation. Trust me. Right? If you want to call it anything, you can call it negative motivation. Right? Right, James? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. And, and you're still around. Go figure. Right? Anyway, all right, guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. James, was there anything else? Any, anything else popped in that, that doesn't need to take us down a, a side trip? Uh, I'll tell you how important no, the, the, the vision and the action and, and sticking to, to your guns and all that um, is. I don't know if I – did I bring this up? Let's see. Um, I thought I had the ability to share my screen. Is this it right here? Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can bring something up here. Bum, 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 bum. There it is. See if this works like it does on Zoom. James, can you see that? Yes, sir. Okay, so this is the Module 1 Student Workbook. And I don't need to show you, like, all, what, how many pages? 16 pages of it? Okay? But this is the important part. Writing down deadlines... So that you can take action that will meet that will help you meet your goals. And if you just stick to the average, we're going to tell you that from the time you start, you should be testing for your second belt two months out, your next belt two months out from that, graduating from that module to the next one two months out from that. So the workbook covers six months, right? And then if you do that times five modules, you should be able to put a date down there for my projected black belt test date is. You know what? Only 2% of my students, in-house and, let's see if I close this, stop sharing. There we go. In-house and in my long-distance training program, use the workbook to that extent. So, it is what it is. It's not like I'm not providing that which people need, but I can't make you use it. Okay. Anyway, all right, so, James, I'm going to meet you back out again. I'm going to wrap this up. So thanks for your help tonight. I appreciate it. All right, guys, that's it. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, what are we talking about next time? Oh, uh, I almost forgot, right? Uh, I'm going to leave you with three books, and then we're going to talk about these things much more in depth uh, in the next episode, which I may do before next Monday because I'm, like, jazzed about this stuff, right? I'm going to give you – what I call three three of the best ninja manuals ever written, okay? If you want to get this shit handled, okay? You really want to make great strides, right? And this handles, one is for physical training. One is for um, 
mental kind of stuff, right? Being able to accomplish things um, by using like influence and, and that kind of stuff, right? And one is for uh, getting our own internal game fixed, right? Fixing the broken that we were taught a long time ago or that we bought into, right? So book number one, uh, Ninja Manual number one for on the physical side is Gray's Anatomy, right? In some bookstores, you can get it for like $2.99, and that's the hardback version, right? Um, that or any anatomy book that has like really good detailed drawings or images or whatever, right? So Gray's Anatomy, right? And actually, that was suggested by Hasumi Sensei. Book number two, Ninja Manual for Influence, uh, Psychological Warfare, uh, Getting What You Want That Way, right? Is called Influence by Robert Cialdini. Okay, Robert Cialdini. And the third one is called Think and Grow Rich by, in, uh, by uh, Napoleon Hill. And see, most people, and I'll talk about this in the next episode, but most people think that one's all about money. And yet, Henry Ford and... Um, uh, Edison and a couple of other people that uh, Napoleon Hill interviewed uh, in the in the creation of this science of success um, to, to do this right. They all said this is not just about making money. This is the formula and the science for accomplishing any worthwhile goal. Period. Okay. See, I told you the word ninja and the word warrior was not in the book, and chances are nobody bothered to ever look for him. But I'm going to throw it out there, okay? Grey's Anatomy, influenced by Robert Cialdini, and Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And if you don't like to read, guess what? The whole version is in multiple places on YouTube as an audio book, and somebody will read it to you. And don't think I'm talking down to you because I have very little time in my life because of all the shit that I'm doing, right? Um, I listen to it in my car. So have at it or don't. But either that or uh, either way, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this uh, episode up and I will talk to everybody again next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at modernninjawarrior.com.